0: If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This
1: is the Bulletproof Entrepreneur,
0: featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi
1: Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, Go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have a great guest on the line today. I'm talking with Gene Ginsburg. Jean is the founder of Gimbal Marketing. She's a number one Amazon bestselling author with her new book titled win new customers, how to attract, connect, and convert more prospects into customers in 60 days using digital marketing. She's a top leader and expert in digital marketing and has has released a ton of content. I actually am a consumer of her content, so I was very pleased to hear from her and have her on the show because when I started digital marketing, it was actually some of Jean's training I leveraged on heavily to learn and to get my skill sets up to where it needed to be for me to get some clients. She's also a featured speaker and thought leader. She's been featured in Forbes and the Huffington Post. And I'm pleased to have her on the show today to tell us a little bit about herself, her entrepreneurial journey, her business background, and of course, how to grow your business using digital marketing. So with that said, Jane, welcome to the show.
0: Wow, thank you so much. That was a wonderful introduction. I'm very pleased and very excited to be on the show and to share a little bit of my experience and my entrepreneurial journey, like you said, with your audiences. Um, And uh, yeah, I I have a few, I think, tidbits besides just the digital marketing that I think are important, especially when you're just first starting out as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, great. So so Gene, let's dive in because I know I I read through your book already, so I, I know you don't have the typical entrepreneurial background. You also started in a nine to five job and you had that longing to go get something on your own and you tried and you failed. So tell us a little bit about your early um, foray into entrepreneurship.
0: Absolutely. Actually, I was just thinking about this today. But this year in April will be ten years after I started my first entrepreneurial venture, which did not go so well. So that one failed, and a few other ones uh, failed after that. And I can get a little bit more into it, but it is um, it is rather um, just it it made me think a lot because I was like, wow, I've actually been doing this for ten years now. Uh, Five of those ten years I've been on my own and um, have had a successful entrepreneurial Experience, but I can go back to the ten years ago and uh, and start there. So at that point, um, it was me and my sister, and we were looking to start an e an e commerce um, affiliate model type of website. And um, you know, at that time, uh, I I was in the affiliate space, so I knew quite a bit about the affiliate space. Uh, um, but did not know anything about how to become an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and how to make how to be successful and making money online at that time on my own. so so that venture did not go very well. Um, at that time, I was still I still had a full-time job. so went back to my full-time job and um, was definitely disappointed because yeah. I felt that I, I put a lot of energy and effort and and money into this venture, but it it didn't really pad out. Mm. And then uh, after that, I, um, I went into the mushrooming business, wild mushrooms. <laughs> and uh, I know it's a it's kind of a very niche market, but it yeah. is a market that is available with restaurants like high end restaurants yeah. who uh, put wild mushrooms in their recipes and in their dishes. Mm-hmm. And but it is a very um, time-consuming and cumbersome business because obviously it's only done through, during a certain period of time because mm-hmm. mushrooms are only available during a certain period of time in certain areas of the country. And um, you never know if one year is going to be good and one year is going to be bad. So it's um, it really is very dependent on, on the weather and and so many other factors. So it was a, it was a difficult business to get into. Um, I made a little bit of money on there, but definitely not enough to to go on my own and, um, and quit my full-time job. So after that business uh, went away and kind of and got dissolved, I went back to again, my full-time job oh. and, you know, disappointed again. But I, I, what I, what I'm trying to get at here is I'm not going to go through all of the other few ventures that I've been in. Is that, you know, it, it we always hear the, the success stories, but really most, and I'm, I would say almost everybody, anybody who is a success now has had many different failures yes. in the past. I, I would say it is extremely rare to find an entrepreneur or a business owner who is a successful business owner now, but in the past have has not had some failures failures or some ups and downs um, in setting up previous businesses. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I, I totally agree with you because I think after you've become successful, in as much as you want to tell your entire story, I don't think the media likes sharing the, the failure part of it. They, they, they prefer to promote, oh, this guy just came out of nowhere and becomes a success because those rags of riches um, glossing over the rags part of it tends to sell more papers, and it it it, it inspires hope, and hope is what sells in the world. You know, you don't you don't want people to think oh, there's going to be a lot of suffering involved that might not sell as much newspapers or or send <laughs> as many as many eyeballs to the website. So I believe really, you're right. You're right in that in that regard. So, yeah, um, absolutely. So um, I want to find out. So in. Both those two ventures, the e-commerce venture and the uh, wild mushroom venture, were there any particular things that caused those ventures to fail? Was it as a lack of, was it as a result of a lack of knowledge, experience, or market forces like a recession or something? Were there any particular things you could pinpoint that caused those two ventures to fail at at the time they failed?
0: Well, I'd say the bottom line is that they weren't making enough uh, revenue mm-hmm. oh, to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's just the bottom line. In terms yeah. of, you know, in retrospect, um, of course, at the time I was doing this, I thought I knew everything. But in retrospect, uh, of course, 10 years later, I, I did realize at that point I was not very knowledgeable about being an entrepreneur. I think mm-hmm. those were really. So, I mean, obviously, besides the fact that it was just not generating the revenue it needed to just yeah. sustain itself as a business, um, it yeah, it it was just my knowledge or my lack of knowledge, actually, I should say, of being of running a business okay. um, of um, yeah of all the ins and outs. I mean, you just you learn so much with these failures. Everybody. A lot of times, what I see is that you know people start a business, they fail, and then they never go back. Mm-hmm. But really, it is a learning experience for all of us, and it was a learning experience for me. And it, it took a, a few tries, but but I it was it was just an amazing experience for me to know that moving forward, um, everything not everything, but everything that I learned from those from those previous experiences will then I can use in my next business venture or in my
1: current business venture. Yeah. No, I, I love I love that because you just turned everything to a learning experience, and a lot of people <laughs> don't realize that you know failure, losing money, that's all like paying tuition in college. You know, exactly. Whenever you get your degree, just because you studied business in college, doesn't mean you're going to apply all those things to what you will eventually become in future. You might just have a 180 and do. Uh, something else that's completely unrelated to what you study, but you still get that learning, that wisdom, that knowledge that comes from the time you spent training and trying to create something and do something. So that, that's, a, that's a great learning uh, point there. So from the, all those two entrepreneurial ventures, you now transitioned into a digital marketing company and you are working mm-hmm. with those guys and helping them. And that was when you really dove deep into digital marketing and then eventually launched out on your own. So tell us a little bit about your experience there and then, you know, what what made you fall in love with digital marketing that you now decided that that's where you wanted to hang your hat and um, be a thought leader and an expert in the field? Yeah, that's a very good question. So...
0: After the couple of uh, first businesses failed, I um, I was working at, in a digital marketing space at the time, um, and I was working for a digital marketing agency. So I was pretty familiar with digital marketing at that time, but I went on my own in terms of I, I started studying on my own and going through books and digital info products and just learning more about what other people were Um, teaching and what other people were saying about digital marketing so I, I learned at that point quite a bit of information that I at that point I realized hey you know I could take all of the learnings that I've had and my experience that I've had with a full-time job in the last several years and go on my own. And at that point, I, I realized, you know, I really wanted to go on my own. I wanted to start my own business. I've been trying for the last few years before that with my failed ventures. And I thought this was a, a good opportunity for me to start something and to really uh, to, to give back because I, I felt that... At that time, um I was working for an agency as my full-time job, and I just felt like I could work much better directly with the clients versus having an employer kind of be the middleman in the in the middle of me managing the clients. so i uh, I just I went on my own. and at first, I just had one client. It was one big client, mm-hmm. uh, and I managed uh, their account for probably about six months, but then I realized, you know, this is probably not a very good strategy because what if this client will leave or decide to do anything differently, then um, I, would, I wouldn't I would have a business anymore. So yeah. at, at that time, I realized, hey, I need to move forward and start attain, getting more clients. So that way it will be diversification in my business. And that's um, an important thing that I want to point out is that we all need diversification in our business, because (laughs) if we have one client or two clients that we're just servicing, um, then it becomes a problem. Because then if one client leaves, then we're the most of our business or half of our business, or maybe even the entire business can fail at Mm -hmm. that point. So something to keep in mind is um, a a lesson learned is that Make sure that you are you have many different not many, but at least a few different revenue streams for your business Mm -hmm. So in case one falls off you can still rely on the other ones until you get your you know till you get your feet um, back on track again, so that's another another see all of these lessons I've learned throughout my entrepreneurial journey, so um, so I've been at this right now, I've been on my own for five years mm. and have diversified my revenue stream, um, mm. w- including having agency clients. I've also um, have been doing consulting for clients. So that's where um, I just come in and pr- provide the strat- strategy for digital marketing, but then their team executes mm. on um, on the actual uh, points of you know running the campaigns and things like that, mm-hmm. um, I've also started creating digital info products and courses. Mm-hmm. So everything that I've learned, I've put into uh, videos and audios and worksheets that I'm going to be then putting into a course, um, so that up and coming entrepreneurs can uh, can review all of that without you know on their own, kind of just like as I did when I was first getting started. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's um, diversifying your revenue thing is extremely important.
1: Nice, nice, nice. And and I'm sure that after you figured out you need to diversify your revenue stream, you know, um, where did the idea for the book come from? Because it seems to me that all your experiences bubbled up in writing this book. You had problems, you faced them. You had the problem of having one or two clients. You knew that oh oh shit, if this guy goes away, then my business is done. So you actually created a plan and a framework to get clients into your door so you can be a self-sustaining business. So where did the inspiration for the book come from? And then tell us a little bit about how, as a business owner or as a consultant yourself, consulting for other businesses, how you help them come up with a framework so that they can attract clients into their funnels.
0: Absolutely. So uh, first question is about the book. So um, about you know, a couple years ago, I decided that I wanted to write a book and um, I didn't really know how or what or, or didn't have all the plans in place. But I knew in my mind that eventually over the next year or two, I wanted to put everything that I've learned into a book because um, I wanted to, again, give back. I Felt that I've had a lot of experiences, I've learned many lessons, and I wanted to share, of course, my digital marketing experience, everything that I've been using with my private clients. I wanted to put into a book because I felt that a lot of other people can use this. They can use it for their business. Um, entrepreneurs who are getting started can use the lessons that I've uh, been through instead of. Doing it on their own and, and learning about it the hard way they can read about it in a book like mine and mm. and realize, hey, this is something that I should probably be aware of and not fall into the same trap that yeah. I did when I first got started. And, you know, I wish there was some sort of manual back in the day when I was first getting started as an entrepreneur. So uh, so that's really the, the mission behind the book is I wanted to give back my ideas and my experiences and things that have worked for my clients and put it into... A very succinct and actionable book that others can use and take back into their business. So that was the book, and then in terms of um, how I brought in how I work with clients currently, my private clients, and bring help them bring in clients and customers for their own businesses. So typically, there's a, a step process, and actually, the book kind of goes into these steps. There's chapters in it that, that talk about. Um, first, we would develop an ideal target market. So we would learn who is who is the client's ideal customer. We do a customer avatar worksheet. We also go through their product offering strategy. So um, typically, the when I engage with a client, um, they have a product that they that they want to market. But um, a lot of times, this product might be very high higher price point mm-hmm. and bringing people into a funnel and offering them a very high price point product typically scares them away. So what we work on is um, adding these layers of products that are basically stepping points or stepping um, steps to like what I call a ladder. So that way we start off with maybe some free content, then bring them in further into the funnel and offer them maybe a, a low price point product, and then over a period of time, nurture them to the point where they're ready to buy that high prior, higher price point product um, down the line. So so that's the product offering strategy. We work on their content, so um, we do a strategy about you know how should they create their videos, what kind of blog posts should they put together, uh, what kind of articles and case studies, so things like that. Then I also talk about Facebook advertising. So um, I've been using Facebook advertising religiously for my clients in the past several years. It's gotten amazing results for them. And um, I just feel that Facebook is such a great platform because it really allows you to target so granularly Mm -hmm. within the platform. Then we talk about landing pages in the book. So we create landing pages um, as we're creating this, basically this, this grand funnel, as I call it, and then we also talk about the funnel itself. So how do we nurture these individuals, these prospects who are coming into the funnel through bringing them through, let's say, a Facebook ad, then through, um, through email marketing and nurturing them over a period of time to become and converting them into paying customers.
1: Oh, great. So now let's, let's start from the beginning. I just want to pick one or two things. And you talked about, you know, for all this to work, the, the business or the entrepreneur hiring, you would have to actually know and understand who the customer is. Why is it that a lot of businesses don't really know how to identify who the ideal customer is that will want their product or their service? Um, I think there's a number of reasons.
0: Uh, A lot of times I when I first engage with a customer, with a client, it's very true. They don't know who their ideal target market is. And I'd say a lot of times uh, they think it's very, it needs to be very broad. So, you know, they're like, oh, it's, it's women ages 35 to 55, mm-hmm. you know, in the United States. And it's like, well, that's probably, you know, a quarter of the population. We, we don't want to go that broadly because you would need to spend a lot of, um, marketing budget to get to that mm-hmm. to that um, you know uh, demographic, let's say women 35 to 55, right? Yeah. So maybe a Coca-Cola or a Walmart can do something like that yeah. because they have very, very deep pockets and they have a very large budget and they can go after that demographic. But when we're talking about entrepreneurs who are just getting started or maybe a couple of years into their business, we don't have that kind of budget. So we need to be very niche in the beginning. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why they don't uh, um, uh, uh, clients uh, entrepreneurs don't have an ideal target market that they are aware of. Um, they probably have come up with you know maybe sold some services or products in the past, but really didn't have a strategy. On who to target mm. at that point so I think those are I would say the reasons why and it's and it's very true what you said most of the clients I engage with in the beginning do not have an ideal target market like worksheet or set up mm. where they already know who it is
1: right. and and do you think there's a fear of niching down so like, say for example you said someone like a coca-cola or Walmart can target women 35 to 55 across the United States, but women 35 to 55 across the United States do not necessarily think in the same way. You could have a group of 35-year-olds that have completely different tastes, skill sets, interests, and what have you. And I think a lot of, in my experience, I find that even when I was first starting out and a lot of businesses I spoke with, they are afraid that if they start and they narrow down so small that it might not be, getting clients in that very small pool might not be enough to sustain their business.
0: Yes, absolutely. I hear that as a fear from entrepreneurs all the time, but it's the from a psychological standpoint. You know, I I can understand that. Like we need to go broader, mm-hmm. but from a marketing standpoint, it's not actually true because yeah. um, you will have much more success in um, having a smaller pool of. Of prospects in the beginning and really honing in on what are their pain points, their frustrations, their challenges, um, and, and addressing them and addressing how your product or service it can solve those uh, challenges for them. And it's much more effective to do it that way mm-hmm. than it is to go broad and try to you know get all women thirty five to fifty five mm-hmm. in the United States all at the same time. So it's uh, it's it's thinking about it more like. Instead of uh, a kind of across vertically, think about like very, uh, uh, sorry, instead of thinking about it horizontally, where we're going very broad, mm-hmm. we're thinking about deep, go, going deep versus going broad. Okay. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it's much more effective to do it that way. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the pillars you rely on is content marketing in terms of mm-hmm. creating blogs, videos, and mm-hmm. um, podcasts and whatnot. So, what has been the most effective? means of content marketing and what's your strategy for using content marketing to get clients into the funnel? Are you an advocate of, you know, a relentless publishing of content or do you do it more um, dripped out?
0: Well, I'd say both. Uh, So in terms of what's been working, it's video has been working very well. Mm -hmm. And I'd say if you go to Facebook and you go to scroll through your feed, it's all video at this point. So uh, that's been, it's a much easier method and you get a better connection between the business owner and the prospect when when the business owner is on video. So that's been uh, a, a very effective method. Um, in terms of posting and, and content, I for my own business, I post pretty often. I'd mm-hmm. say I post several times a day yeah. um, for for other businesses like clients that I've worked with or currently work with. Uh, I would recommend, I always recommend to them that they should post several times a day because their competition probably is doing that. Yeah. But a lot of times I get some pushback because they're like, well, we don't have the, the amount of content or we can't create that amount of content. So um, in my opinion, I think posting several times a day on all social media channels is uh, is really the, the way to get your name out there. I mean, think about Gary Vaynerchuk. I think yeah. he posts like eight times, ten times a day. Mm-hmm. Like, people know him people see him. Yeah. So uh, that's an
1: example. <laughs> and what what's your strategy for coming up with um, content ideas to post? Because like you rightly said, a lot of people think, oh, we don't have enough to post or or they may even feel that they're not confident enough to say they're an expert to post. So what's A, I guess, your strategy for generating content ideas to put out? And then how do you build the confidence? Take, for example, we're talking to a new person that thinks they don't have the um, expertise or the length of years of experience to call themselves an expert. How do you encourage someone like that to build the confidence to, you know, just get out there and start doing it?
0: Yes, you know, uh, confidence is a very uh, is a very important key, and I am glad you brought that up because um, being an entrepreneur is uh, most of it is about mindset. Uh, everything that we think is a barrier to going to where we want to be and why we can't get there is really all within our mind. So if we think we're not an expert, then we're not an expert. But if we think that we are an expert, mm-hmm. that then, then we can showcase and display that we're uh, that we're an expert, and everybody else will also believe it as well. So it's yeah. really all about uh mindset and i i would say even you know before you want to become an entrepreneur if you're just getting started as an entrepreneur um reading mindset books and i can actually recommend some because i've been doing that lately on my own yeah um so reading mindset books or or other or like articles or publications that are all about mindset i think is a the way to get to where you want to be. And in terms of the books that I've been reading lately and I think have been helpful. So uh, one of the more popular ones, and I've seen this um, recommended by many entrepreneurs is a, a book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yes, I do. Uh, I have there's it on another one. Desk. Oh, Oh great. Yeah, absolutely. I um I've read that one. Um the other one that I've read is also by Napoleon Hill and it's called uh, The Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude, oh, okay. which is all about having a positive mental attitude and, and really you and once you have that positive mental attitude so many things can change and so many things can happen because you are viewing your life and your business and your entrepreneurial journey in in, in a positive light versus Uh, thinking about the other side of the coin which is like oh this is not going to work or Mm -hmm. no I'm not successful or no I'm not an expert so uh, most I would say everything that we do has to do with mindset with having a positive attitude so and I'm reading other books as well so if any of your audiences have suggestions on books that they've read as well I would also love to hear that so um, so yeah, confidence and mindset I think are important in developing, and and not only if you're just getting started. I'm doing that right now, and I've been an entrepreneur for ten years. Yeah. Um, so it's it's something that should be part of your, um, part of your repertoire, part of your uh, daily or weekly or monthly routine, where you're um, reading books or publications about mindset. Great,
1: great. Uh, okay, so. Okay, I, th- I think we'll, um, I want to ask you, looking at your, no, 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 before, before I transition into that, sorry, because I, <laughs> I have a ton of questions here, so let's let's do it like this. I'm thinking, okay, there's an entrepreneur listening out there, you know, they're just about to start your business, or they started your business, and they are having trouble getting clients and your book is all about getting clients in 60 days through the door. Now mm-hmm. you've covered uh the, the big premise or the big idea of the book, but I, I would like for you to lay down kind of like as a case study, a quick and simple strategy or tactic that someone can use to start getting clients within that 60 day window. So A, you know, tell us about you know type of ad they should do uh content, you know, etc.
0: Sure. I can. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to share that the, specifically the type of ads, but I can share
1: your framework that will yeah. work within this 60 day window so that somebody can get something and start plugging it in right away and not wait until the end of this podcast to, to take action.
0: Sure. So the book that I wrote, there is actually a worksheet in it Mm -hmm. uh, that talks about the steps that go through the 60 day process. So um, and I've outlined it just now, you know, as we've been talking, but I can go a little bit more deeper. But First things first is that you, again, want to identify your your ideal target market. And if you don't know, let's say if you're just getting started, um, but you have an idea of who your ideal target market is, I would say first thing would be to survey prospects. So even if you don't have current customers, Mm -hmm. survey prospects and really get to know and understand what are their challenges, pain points, frustrations, and then how does how will your product or service solve those pain points and frustrations? So, uh, so again, I think the first week of, of the six of the, of the two month strategy, the 60 day strategy is, is learning about who your ideal target market is. And again, you don't have to get it, have it like right on point because it probably will change over time, but at least get as much as you can down, um, before you get started with your business. So, uh, then, we, then the next thing would be create a product offering strategy. So, for example, maybe your product currently is a $2,000 consulting session or sessions uh, package. So, again, getting to that point is uh, going to be difficult right away mm-hmm. because, um, you know, people need to trust and like you in the beginning before yeah. they will pay you $2,000 for a consulting package. Uh-huh. So creating uh, little steps before that $2,000 package is the product uh, product strategy, uh, product offering strategy. So you want to p- uh, create some content, for example, in the beginning maybe some videos, then um, I send them to the next level, which is maybe additional content or a case study then I send them to the next level of uh, a small price point product, mm. maybe a, a a small digital course that they can buy for seven or ten dollars. Then I send them again to maybe a fifty dollar product. So again, these uh these points, these ascension points, are important because uh, over this period of time, they are learning about you, trusting you, and and liking you in the process. So creating this product offering strategy is the next step. Then a content strategy. So everything that you're. You've uh, put together um, and outlined in the, in the product offering strategy. You want to create content for it, so videos, uh, case studies, articles, blog posts, white papers. So you would need to fill in that entire product offering strategy with these with these with this content. And content can take some, you know, it, it depends. It can it can be pretty quick to create if you're a, you know if you're pretty good at writing and knowing how to get your thoughts onto paper. Um, or creating videos, so it doesn't need to. It doesn't require you to create, you know, to have a content strategy that will take you months and months and months to mm-hmm. create. It's like you just, you know, it, it just requires it requires buckling down, having a good idea, and turning on your iPhone and creating some videos yeah. and they don't need to be, you know, the most glamorous and, and well-produced videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time I, I mean all the time I just use my iPhone mm-hmm. and it's some, some pretty good lighting and that's about it. And then yeah. I just start speaking into the camera. So it's nothing, um, you know, it's, it's nothing well produced on my end. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Um, then after the content strategy, you would want to create some Facebook ads and typically, like I said, uh, Facebook ads would be uh, video as your as your ad unit okay. and the three components of a good video is talking about yourself so why are you an expert why you know why should your prospective client care about what you have to say so talk about yourself um, number two would be talk about a uh, a result so you have worked with a previous client how have you helped him or her and what have your results been um and then number three is tell a, a, a good story about this particular result so how did you you know meet your client how did you help them like what were the challenges so those three points so talk about why you're an expert um, talk about results and tell a good story about that that result and then um and then the nurture funnel so you would put all of that content, the product offering strategy, you would put that into a funnel. So for example, email marketing would be uh, the framework to actually put into, uh, to create the funnel and then nurture those prospects over a period of time. And then I also use retargeting pretty heavily uh, to retarget users, to bring them back to social media or to the site, depending on where you're retargeting. So that's the framework that I've been using for my private clients and I've seen really good success with.
1: Nice. Nice. And from what I'm getting here, you know, it doesn't need to be super complicated. Everything you've said can be implemented over the course of a week or two weeks.
0: Or the 60 days that that I put into the framework in the book. Yes.
1: (laughs) So it depends on the person just being willing to sit down, buckle down, work on the framework. If something doesn't work, you tweak it, you test it because Obviously right out the gate, some things will not work like in life, but you just have to keep tweaking, iterating, testing, and making sure that whatever you're doing, you know, you're, you're recording the results to see if it's doing well, or if it's not doing well, and keep adjusting. And like, I think I heard read somewhere that, you know, a plane going from New York to Los Angeles is off course, 80% of the time, but the pilots make course corrections as they're going along until they get to LAX. And that's what you need to do. You know, you have a framework, you have a destination, follow the framework. Something doesn't work in the framework, tweak it and change it until you get the result you want. And then keep going until you get the result. I, I love that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually a good point. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that, yes, the first time things probably will not work, but don't give up, mm-hmm. I think, is the main thing. Imagine that you are a, a pilot and in the air, and your only destination is to successfully land the plane, right? Yeah. You can't just give up in the middle of, of the flight, right? You, can, you can't do that. <laughs> so think of yourself as, a, as the airline pilot who has to get to the final destination yeah. and bring the 300 people on his plane safely yes. to the final destination. So don't give up because things might not work the first time. I, I will actually probably guarantee you that they will not work the first time. <laughs> um, but that's not, that does not a reflection on you. It's mm-hmm. just that you need to continue on improving, making changes, t- mm-hmm. testing, and, and, and then you will get to that point. Yeah. I, another key component that I think I've learned is that persistence of course, is that we don't, if we're going to give up, then that's it. Our business is done or well, we we have, We have not been, we're not where we want to be, but if we can continue on failing and then getting up again and trying it again and then failing and getting up, eventually we'll get to where we want to be. Yeah,
1: right. So as we start to wind down the show, I just have one or two wrapping up questions and then I'll let you go. So my first question is, looking back on your career thus far, um, is there anything you think you could have changed or done based on what you know now?
0: Wow. I've never thought about it that way. Um, No, I don't know if I would have. I think everything that happened to me in my career really was there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, There wasn't really any major points that I think I would have. I think one of the things I always say, like if I were to uh, if I were to give myself advice 10 years ago, when I first started being an entrepreneur, um, I think the one thing that I maybe would change was that I would create more content in the beginning okay. versus waiting. Uh, I think I started creating content maybe about a couple years ago at this point. Yeah. So creating content in the beginning and, and and gathering a following, i say would be the one thing that I would do differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, you mentioned this earlier, you talked about the book you like, but um, in terms of, who you study and look up to, to get inspiration, to mentor you and to teach you more about your business and life. Who are some of your mentors and people that you look up to?
0: Well, the books that I mentioned, Napoleon Hill, uh, amazing writer and mm-hmm. just amazing life experience. Um, obviously he's, uh, he's passed away at that point. So that's uh someone who's no longer alive, but for people who are actually still alive and mm-hmm. doing doing work. Um, Brendan Bouchard is somebody that I follow pretty closely and yes. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes, I am. Um, yeah. G- Gary Vaynerchuk is another one that I follow pretty closely. So I, you know, think that both of these individuals, at least the ones that are you know, living are, have had an amazing uh, career. I mean, still have an amazing career and they're still doing what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from both of them. So those are two that I would highly recommend following on social media.
1: Hello? Oh,
0: I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> it cut off, uh... I said, those are, those are two, uh, two people that I would highly recommend, uh, okay. following on social media. If you're currently not following, if the audiences are currently not following them.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. It cut off for a minute. there. And the last question is to people thinking of starting the adventure now, what are your biggest words of advice and wisdom that you would tell them to encourage them as they're about to take the plunge into entrepreneurship
0: sure and i think we covered most of them mm-hmm. in in this in the, so i'm going to just summarize it quickly um, mindset uh, positive mental attitude mm-hmm. read books uh, or publications about uh, mindset and making sure that that's Something that's on top of your everyday list of things to do is just to keep a positive mental attitude, persistence. So things might not work the first time, but they might work on the fifth or tenth time. And so keeping getting up every time and doing it again and trying new things is uh, and being persistent is really the way to become an entrepreneur because if uh i would say anybody who has been an entrepreneur that's really the only way how they've gotten there yeah. is just by getting up and doing it again and, and testing out new things um yeah i'd say and then creating content would be the, the last, last thing i would recommend man. Uh, creating content and, yeah, and and starting a social social media following right away. Mm-hmm. Do it now because um, you will thank me in a year or two when you've had already a, a lot of content, uh, a lot of videos, and a big social media following. So yeah. now is the time to do that.
1: Great, great. So, Gene, before I let you go, where can people find you? Learn more about you. Get the book, and of course. Um, reach out and touch you on social media if they want to learn more
0: absolutely you can find me on social media linkedin uh, gene ginsburg digital marketing expert same thing with facebook you can find me on facebook gene ginsburg digital marketing expert And uh, yeah, I'm giving away my book absolutely for free to all the audiences who are listening to this podcast. So I'm very excited about that. I I usually don't do that, but uh, this has been such a special experience that I want to share my book and uh, hopefully... Uh, you'll your audiences will learn something amazing <laughs> from it that they can take back to their to their business. So if you go to GeneGinsburg dot com slash bulletproof GeneGinsburg slash bulletproof, uh, then you can pick up a free PDF copy of my book, download an instant download so you can start reading it right away.
1: Great. Thanks. And I'll link to all that in the show notes um, before the podcast is published. So, Gene, it's been a pleasure talking to you for the past 45 minutes or so. I've really learned a ton. I've taken a ton of notes. And I just want to wish you continued success on your business and entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: It's been a pleasure being a guest here. And uh, thank you. Really, really
1: appreciate it. Thank you. That's- hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur podcast at www.odogwu.com.